Welcome back to Mox Madness. And we did the thing. We're doing it again. We're once doing more. it again. Into the breach. Yes. Yes. I'm yes. Very tired, guys. Just I'm, not like now in this moment. <laughs> I mean, now yep. in this moment too, but just in general, just know that's the energy I'm bringing today. It's, it's gonna yeah. be a, it's gonna be a very tired, tired, tired boy energy. But yeah, we're gonna, I, that's okay. We're that's do okay. It. I don't, yeah. I don't have a lot of energy myself. Did you notice me like voice punch the madness there? I was like, yeah, merg. I'm a little we tired. We do, we do, we do. It's good. <laughs> you know what? That being said, look, you know what, guys? We're just gonna get, we're just gonna get into it. We're yeah. gonna start. We're on page. Dive starting right on page, starting on page sixty-one, skin, uh, and we're skin, gonna start with it was as Frederick Douglass said in Boston in eighteen sixty-five. That the Civil War was begun in the interests of slavery on both sides. The South was fighting to take slavery out of the Union, and the North fighting to keep it in the Union. The South fighting to get it beyond the limits of the United States Constitution, and the North fighting for the old guarantees. Both despising the Negro, both insulting the Negro. It was therefore, at first, by no means clear to most of the four million Negroes in slavery what this war might mean to them. They crouched consciously and moved silently, listening, hoping, and hesitating. The watchfulness of the South was redoubled. They spread propaganda. The Yankees were not only not thinking of setting them free, but if they did anything, they would sell them into worse slavery in the West Indies. They would drive them from even the scant comfort of the plantations into the highways and purlieus. Moreover, if they tried to emancipate the slaves, they would fail because they could not do this without conquest of the South. The South was unconquerable. The South was not slow to spread propaganda and point to the wretched condition of fugitive Negroes in order to keep the loyalty of its indispensable labor force. The Charleston Daily Courier said February 18, 1863, a company of volunteers having left Fayette County for the field of action, Mr. Nance sent two Negro boys along to aid the company. Their imaginations became dazzled with the visions of Elysian Fields and Yankeedom, and they went to find them. But paradise was nowhere there. And they again sighed for home. The Yanks, however, detained them and cut off their ears close to their heads. That's Holy a shit. Fun. That woke me out of the stupor. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, Ooh, yay. Good times, <laughs> Mr. Getting, getting yay. some, uh, you know, uh, Dutch the colonizing the riots. Congo over yeah, some, uh, it's great. Over some rubber trees right there. Yeah. It's good. It's good. It's bad. It's Jesus. Ooh, okay. These Negroes finally made their escape and are now at home with Mr. Nance and Pickens. They are violent haters of Yankees and their adventures and experiences are a terror to Negroes of the region who learned a lesson from their brethren whose ears are left in Lincolndom. Was that Charleston? all the Frederick Douglass quote? No, no. Frederick oh, okay. Douglass. Uh, uh, the I Frederick Douglass quote was like the first sentence. Oh, that was, was the Charleston Daily Courier. Okay, yeah, that was, Charleston, that was the Charleston Courier. Come on, man. Okay. Keep up with it. <laughs> I'm trying to keep up. I'm sorry. I do uh, like the Frederick Douglass quote, though. Just, the Frederick just Douglass very quote was good. I think, I think that is a good good kind of summary of the first part of this chapter. We've read in one little great Frederick Douglass quote that I don't think it's bandied about enough when people don't understand their Civil War history. Oh, it was a perfect quote. That, it, it was a perfect I, yeah. encapsulation. If anything, we should have paused on it and said, as a recap of last week's reading, we just have a, a summary paragraph right here that did yeah, the job by for Frederick it. Douglass that you need but to we're not good at this and we make one of those like that. face memes with Frederick Douglass and like pop it all over social media just in case anybody needs a little history lesson. Or other option, don't do that. And just <laughs> tell people that quote from Frederick Douglass uh, and do that. That's another way to do it. I'm not I'm not saying which is better. 
Uh, I'm just saying, don't do the one that David just said, please, for my own sanity, because I don't need my grandma sharing that quote to me in that format. I don't need it. And I don't no, want it. No, no. God damn it. Because she'll do some weird thing with it where she'll yeah, try and make it out that the North like, was bad. Yeah. It'll be the Turning Point USA things where they have the picture of Charlie Kirk and he goes, I poo-pooed in my diaper. And and they'll just they'll do it with their own evil machinations. This, and I don't I don't want this, it. This is why Nathan's here. He's he's here to keep me in line so that like when I do something like remind people that Bill Gates is a giant piece of shit that somehow doubled his wealth by committing his life to charity, that you've got to be careful who you say that around, because next thing you know, there'll be a bunch of reactionaries with guns going, We don't want the Bill Gates vaccine. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a it's a double edged sword. It's dangerous, you know. We both mm-hmm. we're all here to check each other. Yeah. It's a whole yeah. it's an intellectual check. We're here. You gotta you gotta be aware who's talking about Nancy Pelosi out there. Intellectual four checking line over mm-hmm. here, just really mm-hmm. really grinding it out. The <laughs> Charleston Mercury, a much better name than the Charleston Daily Courier, if you ask me. May eighth, eighteen sixty two, said the Yankees are fortifying Fernandia. Florida. Of course, Fernandia is in Florida. Come on now. And have a large (laughs) number of Negroes engaged on their works. Whenever the Negroes have an opportunity, they escape from their oppressors. They report that they are worked hard, get little rest and food and no pay. It's part of the slave thing. The Savannah Daily News reports in 1862 that many stolen Negroes had been recaptured. The Yankees had married a number of women and were taking them home with them. I have seen some who refused to go and others who have been forced off at other times who had returned all right that's about as far as i can go keep going that's, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> those are some rough newspaper quotes right there uh, i was about to say uh, that was a fun section for me yeah enjoy enjoy the one that I has know. gaston in it <laughs> you get fernandina i get a fucking beauty in the beast villain yeah yeah uh-huh uh, it was a lovely dress parade of alf uh, and gaston until the negro spoiled it and in a perfectly logical way so long as the union stood stall and talked the negro kept quiet and worked the moment the union army moved into slave territory the negro joined it Despite all argument and calculation, and in the face of refusals and commands, wherever the Union armies marched appeared the fugitive slaves. It made no difference what the obstacles were or the attitudes of the commanders. It was like thrusting a walking stick into an anthill, says one writer. And yet the army chiefs at first tried to regard it as an exceptional and temporary matter, a thing which they could control. And what is a matter of fact, it was the meat and kernel of the war. Thus... (laughs) Mm. Mm. thus as the war went on and the invading armies came on the way suddenly cleared for the onlooking negro for his spokesperson in the north and for the silent listeners in the south each step thereafter came came with curious logical inevitable fate first there were the fugitive slaves slaves had always been running away to the north and when the north grew hostile on to canada it was the safety valve that kept down the chance of insurrection in the south the lowest point Suddenly now the chance to run away not only increased, but after preliminary repulse and hesitation, there was actual encouragement. Not that the government planned or foresaw this eventuality. On the contrary, having repeatedly declared the object of the war was the preservation of the Union and that it did not propose to fight for the slaves or touch slavery, it faced a stampede of fugitive slaves. Every step the Northern armies took then meant the fugitive slaves. They crossed the Potomac, and the slaves of the Northern Virginia began to pour onto the army and into Washington. They captured Fortress Monroe, and the slaves from Virginia and even North Carolina poured into the army. They captured Port Royal, and the masters ran away, leaving droves of black fugitives in the hands of the Northern army. They moved down the Mississippi Valley, and the slaves did not rush 
uh, to the army, the army marched to the slaves. They captured New Orleans and captured a great black city and a state full of slaves. What was to be done? That's a good question. <laughs> what was to be done? <laughs> they tried to send the slaves back and even used the soldiers for recapturing them. But this was all well enough as long as the war was a dress parade. But when it became a real war and slaves were captured or received, they could be used as much needed laborers and servants by the Northern Army. This was emphasized and made clear as truth, which ought to have been recognized from the very beginning. The, su- the Southern worker, black and white, held the key to the war. And of the two groups, the black worker raising food and raw materials held an even more strategic place than the white. Here's our materialism, buddy. There it Yay, is. Hey, materi- it's back, guys. You know it. You love it. <laughs> Turns it's out materialism is always important, guys. Just, Turns out just it's always thing. important. Unless, unless... You just yell at people. That's not materialist on the Internet, in which case I hate you. I don't like you very much. You're not fun to be around. Stop doing that. It's not fun. No one's convinced yeah. when you yell that at them. No, no, no. I mean, we're talking actual materialism here. Exactly. Like you've got to know what the word means. Yeah. And give an actual shit what you're talking about. Like All Dr. Right. Du Bois. Not like again, Bois. like any of us on the Internet. No. Uh, this was so clear a fact that both sides should have known it. Fremont in, Ber- in Missouri. I somehow almost fucked up the word Missouri. Yeah, Holy saw shit. It and just got excited. Just got so happy. <laughs> I get so happy. We're here, uh, guys. Fremont in Missouri took the logical action of freeing slaves of the enemy about him by proclamation. And hey, President we Lincoln. We did a thing. We did a thing. And President Lincoln just as promptly repudiated what had been done. Even before that, General Butler in Virginia, commander of the Union forces at Fortress Monroe, met three slaves walking into his camp. Uh, from the Confederate fortifications where they had been at work. Butler immediately declared that these men, these meant contraband of war and put them to work in his own camps. More slaves followed, accompanied by their wives and children. The situation here was not quite so logical. Nevertheless, Butler kept the fugitives and freed them and let them do what work they could, and his action was approved by the Secretary of War. On May 26, only two days after the one slave appeared before Butler, eight Negroes reappeared, and on the next day, 47 of all ages and both sexes. Each day they continued to come by the 20s, 30s, and 40s, until by July 30th, the number had reached 900. In a very short while, the number ran up into the thousands. The renowned fortress took the name of the Freedom Fort, to which blacks came to mean by means of mysterious spiritual telegraph. Okay, now be careful, because you got to be you got to be careful not to. He put that in quotation marks. He put that in air quotes, like basically. <laughs> he put that in air quotes, meaning like like whites would question and be like, "Oh, it's just mysterious spiritual tell." I felt a calling when they were really yeah. like you know fucking telling each other about it. Yeah, everyone's talking. <laughs> like, I just feel yeah. like we're gonna get another underground like like when the that that joke before Archer got bad where it was the. <laughs> Carol's weird, weird racist uncle that dug underground trying to find because he thought the there was a railroad there and he thought there was an actual <laughs> railroad down there that he was trying to steal. I feel like you're going to get some weird ancient, you know, old, old timey Mr. AT&T, Mr. Bell himself going to be like, I got to find me this mysterious spiritual telegraph. They're stealing my lines. You this have is- 5G. I have spirit G. <laughs> Oh, uh, your 5G ain't got nothing on my ESP. Let's go. Uh, no. Uh, that being said, don't don't take any of that as uh, degrading. If you're that, if if there is a mysterious spiritual telegraph, 
I'm into it. Yeah, I, I it, feel like was yeah, I mean, again, I know I think Underground Railroad was was a good comparison because it wasn't so it much is, yeah. sarcastic as it was a euphemism to to throw the, exactly. the nosy white people off before it got disrupted. It was they it was word of mouth was passing right along yeah. uh, from from intimate connections. Yeah. In December 1861, the Secretary of the Treasury, Simon Cameron, had written, printed, and put into the mails of his first report as Secretary of War without consultation with the President. Possibly he knew that his recommendations would not be approved, but he recommended the general arming of the Negroes, declaring that the Federals had as clear right to employ slaves taken from the enemy and to use captured gunpowder. This report was recalled by the president by telegraph, and the statements of the secretary were modified. The incident aroused some unpleasantness in the cabinet. This is the <laughs> equivalent of like some random person just at it or just tweeting out unilaterally, like, "Hey, uh, we're gonna make weed legal tomorrow," and then just like imagine the government having to be like, "No, no, 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 they, we got hacked, we got hacked. That wasn't us. No, no, call it back, call it back." Oh, just imagine when you, when you had a d- couple days head start on that kind of stuff, though. You could really sow some discord out there, do some That's fun stuff. Right. That's right. <laughs> the published report finally said, persons held by rebels under such laws, so service as slaves, may however be justly liberated from their constraint and made more valuable in various employments, though voluntary or through voluntary and compensated service, than if confiscated as subjects of property. People work uh, better when they're not enslaved. Yeah, it turns out if you pay them and let them volunteer, uh, they're going to be a little better fighters than if you just say, oh, well, we're enslaving you now, and then we're going to send you back anyway. Profit motive uh, alive and well, baby. Come on. Mm-hmm. Live that dream. David, don't agree with me. I was being sarcastic. That's where you're supposed to go, no. And yeah, don't don't go. I was busy nod. not belching into the microphone, Nate. I get it, but we all have our sacrifices to make. <laughs> I can edit that out. I can't edit it out. You kind of casually going along with work shall set you free, okay? Oh, God damn it. <laughs> I was totally focused on not burping. I could, I could see it. I, I, could, you I know the look. I, you, uh, transforming <laughs> itself suddenly from a problem of abandoned plantations and slaves captured while being used by the enemy for military purposes, the movements became a general strike. A general roll, strike. Roll credits. A general I'm going to try. I'm working on subliminal messaging now in the show. That's going to be a new thing I do. Or if I just kind of subtly. You're doing very good at being subliminal, right? Yeah. Yeah. If I just say it enough. Well, no, they're not going to listen to this part. But like if I say it enough, then then it'll kind of like incept Ah. itself. And I'm going to do inception. (laughs) Um, So, again, they became a general strike against the slave system on the part of all who could find opportunity. The trickling streams of fugitives swelled to a flood. Once begun, the general strike of black and white went madly and relentlessly on like some great saga. Quotations. Imagine, if you will, a slave population springing from antecedent barbarism, rising up and leaving in ancient bondage, forsaking its local traditions and all associations and attractions of the old plantation life, coming garbed in rags or in silks, with feet shod or bleeding, individually or in families and larger groups. An army of slaves and fugitives pushing its way irresistibly toward an army of fighting men, perpetually on the defensive and perpetually ready to attack. The arrival of those hordes hmm, was like the oncoming of cities. There was no plan in this exodus, no Moses to lead it. Unlettered reason or the more inarticulate decision of instinct brought them to us. 
Often the slaves met prejudices against their color more bitter than any they had left behind. Mm. But their own interests were identical, they felt, with the objects of our army. A blind terror stung them, an equally blind hope allured them, and to us they came. Continuing quotation. Even before the close of 1862, many thousands of blacks of all ages, ragged and with no possessions except for the bundles which they carried, had assembled at Norfolk, Hampton, Alexandria, and Washington. Other landless, homeless, helpless in families and in multitudes, including a considerable number of wretched white people, flocked north from Tennessee, Kentucky, Arkansas, and Missouri. Woo! All <laughs> these were relieved in part by army rations, irregularly issued, and by volunteer societies of the north, which gained their money from churches and individuals in this country and abroad. In the spring of 1863, there were swarming crowds of Negroes and white refugees along the line of defense made between the armies of the North and South and reaching from Maryland to Virginia along the coast from Norfolk to New Orleans. Soldiers and missionaries told of their virtues and vices, their joy and extreme suffering. The North was moved to an extraordinary degree, and endless bodies of workers and missionaries were organized and collected funds for materials. Continuing quotation, rude <laughs> barracks were erected at different points for the temporary shelter of the freedmen. But as soon as possible, the colonies thus formed were broken up and people encouraged to make individual contracts for labor upon neighboring plantations. In connection with the colonies, farms were cultivated, which aided to mean the ex aided to meet the expenses. Hospitals were established at various points for the sick, of whom there were great numbers. The separation of families by the war and the illegitimate birth in consequence of slavery left a great number of children practically in a state of orphanage. End quotation. Finally. <laughs> That's a long quote. It's a good page quote. and a half of a book. I get it, but come on, Dr. Du Bois, even... you just took a page and a half of someone else's book. Yeah. <laughs> Cheater. <laughs> Copy paste. This was the beginning of the swarming of the slaves, of the quiet but in unswerving determination of increasing numbers no longer to work on the Confederate plantations and to seek the freedom of the northern armies. Wherever the army marched on, and in spite of the obstacles, came the rising tide of slaves seeking freedom. For a long time, their treatment was left largely to the discretion of the department managers. Some welcomed them, some drove them away, some organized them for work. Gradually, the fugitives became organized and formed a great labor force for the army. Several thousand were employed as laborers, servants, and spies. A special war correspondent of the New York Tribune writes, God bless the Negroes, say I with the earnest lips. During our entire captivity and after our escape, they were ever our firm, brave, unflinching friends. We never made an appeal to them. They did not answer. They never hesitated to do us a service at the risk of even life and under the most trying circumstances revealed a devotion and a spirit of self-sacrifice that was heroic. The uh, magic up, word up, up, up. We're in there doing that. We're in that doing that word again. We're in there. We're in there using yeah. the word heroic to justify like <laughs> we've pushed people to uh, to yeah. extremes that no one should have to endure. So we're going to use this word to absolve ourselves. Yeah, of heroic the guilt heroic we basically for that. means like I want to feel good for the fact that I'm letting you die for my own self gain. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's pretty much uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, the magic word Yankee opened all their hearts and elicited the loftiest virtues. Uh -uh. They were ignorant, nope. not even in New York, enslaved, but they always cherished a simple and a beautiful faith in the cause of the union and its ultimate triumph and never abandoned or turned aside from a man who sought food or shelter on his way to freedom. Now I will say 
from that quote from the New York Tribune, there is a lot of facetious, like, they welcomed up with open arms bullshit there. Uh, but obviously, Du Bois included that because, you know, they were a very big, hardworking, willing force. They, oh, it, yeah. Of course they were. It meant their freedom. It's you know. a, no, no, no. I'm not saying it didn't. I'm just the, yeah, no, the, no, no, no. I, I love this. Agreeing. I'm just you're you're yeah. doing that. You're we're doing that uh, that fun magical. Oh, look! Every all of them, all every everyone wants to help. They're all on our side. It's the it's the they will greet us as liberators mentality. Yeah. It's the the, uh, the well. Here are the twelve good Iraqis um, that were trying to help us as we went in in our military jeep and our Humvee, and they pointed out where the bad ones were. And there we yeah. go. Um, it's that I feel like it's got that same mentality to it. That same kind of like yeah, which which is amazing because um, I mean, obviously, you know, not that that Saddam was was some perfect guy, but. <laughs> I mean, Hot holy take shit. from the Mark's Madness podcast. Saddam yeah. won great. Saddam won great. But, I mean, but again, 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 you know, I mean, this was one of the things we talked about where it was like, you know, Saddam wasn't great. He's kind of the example of you still got to defend the shitty ones because everything they said about him was still bullshit. Right. Correct. Um, yeah. But that also. Uh, but, so I'm just critical, contrasting with the Civil War. Mildly <laughs> critical, hyper critical. Yeah sort of sideways support for Saddam, depending on who's talking. If you're listening to this podcast yeah. and you're not Justin, yeah. the odds are very heavy that you're just going to agree with us when, we, when we're talking about this. But if you're yeah. Justin, maybe we got to hedge a little bit and say yeah. that we're not totally Saddam fans. Yeah, you know, no. we're just here. There's nuance going on, guys. You got to know about it. <laughs> Y'all here for the, you're all here for it. Y'all know what's going but, on. Come on. But I'm saying compared to like the civil war, compared to something that actually, you know, would liberate these people. Um, it's still like unbelievably facetious with the, oh, the yeah. liberators. The just tone, the tone, you, the tone bleeds through and mm-hmm. it's got, again, it's a New York, it's a New York, you know, paper it's got that yeah again it's just got something about oh well how, we we didn't expect that they would be look at them they're actually helping this is yeah. look at the humanity these uh, <laughs> others have shown us this is bizarre <laughs> it's almost like they're white people this is, <laughs> this is incredible yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know maybe God i'm reading damn. too much into it it just feels it just feels like a condescending piece <laughs> Fucking that's feels a, it. that's at the point of it was where they were very much very much you know down to down to help Um, because it meant their liberation. This whole move was not dramatic or hysterical. Rather, it was like the great unbroken swell of the ocean before it dashes on the reefs. The Negroes showed no disposition to strike on the one terrible blow which brought black men freedom in Haiti and in which all history had been used by all slaves and justified. There were some plans for insurrection made by Union officers. Another quote. Okay. So hold on. Because I want to get that breaks there because I feel like that's... So the the whole gist here seems to be it, it was they slaves in America were not showing, according to at least that passage right there, this concept yeah. that every other slave society, every other society based on slavery eventually got to, which is armed slave insurrection. Like that yeah. is that is the inevitable end of oh, any yeah. slavery based society. And this whole section seems to be saying that. I mean, slaves in america weren't doing that yeah um it, but again yeah i mean he's still see the, yeah. sentence, the sentence that i want to i guess the sentence i want to analyze a little bit then is the negro showed no disposition to strike the yeah. one terrible blow which brought black men freedom in haiti and which in all history had been used by all slaves and justified so it was it, i, mm-hmm. I want to know what i'm trying to unpack what that means like is that an overarching thing because we've talked about in this book slave revolts and and the yeah, concept that there were small were a big thing and yeah 
Well, we talked about it last time. We talked about it last time, and there's there's an interesting dynamic that I'm still trying to close the details and, and form the thought on in this too. But I, I just kind of kind of loosely said it last time from what we read through is, you know, a big part of this is Reconstruction was not necessarily the black people liberating themselves. Now it was the black people liberating themselves because as you can read here, they joined the army in waves and the army kind of couldn't help it and had to to go for abolition. And and we're getting to the general strike that pushed that, but they didn't get to be in charge of what the solution was. And let's not get it twisted. The civil war was not black people Mm -hmm. was not black people freeing themselves. Reconstruction absolutely Mm -hmm. was black was, was the, the black belt, especially Mm-hmm. Re, re you know freeing itself because they created entirely new social structures yeah. in that in that wake so they didn't do the vi- yeah. the, the the pure you know the, the bulk of the violence was probably carried out more by mm-hmm. like again intra intra country strife but yeah. the the aftermath the reconstruction part is definitely there i just i don't know that that sentence I just, I just feel feels like they were out never of place got to, they were they were yeah i know but i mean again that i think he's <laughs> trying to be clear i think he's trying to be clear that it was they had never done this on their own before there was a civil war. Like they never just okay. rose up in mass. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe it was that the plantation owners were too powerful, that the North kind of hedged the South's power so much that it would have never been able to happen without communication the communication down. Was probably impossible across large. It could have been just something that's such scale. a big, big scale country. Cause I mean, yeah, we're not talking about you know, the entire United States coast to coast, but just the South, just the Confederacy is much larger than any of these islands where the enslaved oh, were. For sure. oh, so, for sure. I mean, of course, well, and all there's these, the other, there's yeah. the other factor. And they mentioned in Haiti, in Haiti specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, you know, I'd have to check the facts on any other slit, you know, Roman yeah. slavery or anything like that in Haiti specifically slaves vastly outnumbered Yes. The the slave holding population and the the general the the either the criollo or the white population in general. Yes. In yes. Haiti. In America the numbers did not play that way. No. I mean they vastly out outnumbered the planters who Actual were actually planters. gaining from yes. and well the planters and the plantation workers, the slave masters, I mean anyone who actually but, made anything and benefited from the slavery, but there was a bunch of working white people. But we talked about the poor white, we've talked about it the whole time. The poor the whites poor, might poor as well have counted as plantation yeah. plantation yeah. owners at that point because they were feeding that system because that's how it was designed. Yeah. So I mean, maybe that's what Du Bois is getting at here. This wasn't like Haiti inspired slave uprising. They tried that and it got tamped down. This was opportunistically taking advantage of the civil war that presented yeah. itself. And they were not, and that makes sense because he's talking about them joining ranks, um, you know, and diedly. this was not, and, th- and that makes more sense with a sentence before it. This whole move was not dramatic or hysterical. Rather, it was like a great unbroken swell of the ocean before it dashes on the reefs. It was everything that I've been bottled up and was, was ready to burst and just couldn't burst finally everything had its opportunity this. and they were seizing that opportunity. They were not letting it go. So the big so wave had built, big wave had built and then it hit a, it hit a force that stopped it. That's the re, you know, civil the war reef, is the force that, and then it and then all that over momentum, and splashes down. All again. that momentum mm-hmm. carries forward. Okay. Yeah, so, so I that think was, that, that makes that was more a very, sense in context. Very good. Three or four minutes of us talking about that. <laughs> Let's now read the next paragraph where if anything yeah, I've ever learned about this show is true. Du Bois will explain it in the yeah. first sentence, and I yeah. will feel like an idiot for having stopped us on that point. Yeah, so, so David, 
Let it the go. plan is to induce the blacks to make a simultaneous movement of rising on the night of the 1st of August next over the entire states in rebellion to arm themselves with any and every kind of weapon that may come to hand and commence operations by burning all the railroad and country bridges and tear up railroad tracks and to destroy telegraph lines, etc. And then to take the woods, swamps and mountains where they may emerge as occasion may offer for provisions and for further de- depredations. No bond is to be shed. Except no blood. The- Oh, blood is to be shed except in self-defense. The corn will be ripe about the 1st of August, and with this and hogs running into the woods, and by foraging upon the plantations by night, they can subsist. This is the plan and subsistence, and if we can obtain concerted movement, and at the time named it, will be doubtless successful. I wonder how many hogs were running into the woods. (laughs) I, Yeah, but... Is it... I wonder I mean, how literal bu- that is. I mean, because obviously that's what they're talking about, right? They're going to ballpark it, David. Yeah. If you had to ballpark it. I 300 feral hawks. In about a span of what? Five minutes? In about a span of, of internet meme. Yeah. 300 feral okay. hawks. <laughs> Come on. Play with me in the space, David. Give me something. It's a, it's a garbage time we live in. Give me the one thing that brings me joy when Dr. Du Bois references internet memes. I just need anything right now. I need something. Any port in a storm. God damn. Am I, I remembering that internet meme well enough? It was 300 yeah, feral hogs, It was like right? 300 okay. feral hogs in the space of like, yeah, what happens yeah. when the 300 feral hogs run through my yard in the space of five minutes? Yeah. And I'm attacked and I've been swallowed no, up by the 30, hog. 30 to 50 I thought it was feral 30 hogs. To 50. I, God I, damn it. I wanted to Charlie you on that. I thought it was 30 to 50. Yeah. I didn't. I, I was, doubted my hyper online. It was 30 to fair, 50 was, feral hogs in three to five minutes. Yeah, that's I just okay. Found that's, the original tweet. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. 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 Then, then <laughs> that's that's okay. Then we're good. 300, good, yeah. though, that would be terrifying. Then you've got a Spartan army of hogs <laughs> and woo pig. Let's ride. Like I know what 300 angry hogs will do on a, some Saturdays down in Fayetteville. Let's go. I know there's not 300 people on a football team. I don't care. Um, no, that, so it's it is interesting that though that I love how the Union Army's like master plan again. This again feels like something that would happen in in the modern you know modern Middle East planning is all right, guys. Here's what we're here's what we're gonna do. We'll have all of them do our work for us and sabotage all the infrastructure because they are absolutely 100 percent on our side because mm-hmm. we are going to be greeted as liberators. Uh, yeah. Even though we have no intention <laughs> of liberating anybody. Um, that's not our goal. We don't want to do it. Uh, ignore the mission accomplished banner behind Jefferson Davis back there. Um, that is a, that's for later. We're going to use that later. Um, but yeah, that's a thing. It, but it, it is, it's really, it's like, I love this like commando raid. How they're, how are they going to communicate that to everybody? Like, it's just such a, seems no like such idea. a wild pinky in the brain like they, scheme. They, they don't know how, what kind of undertaking this is, or they're hoping that this has been planned for them for a long time. Yeah, uh, like, so, like, are they? Gonna, did they really? I think they really bought into the mysterious spiritual telegraph, and they're like, "All right, guys, we're gonna kidnap one. We're gonna get one of these like, like Navajo wind talkers, but for the spiritual telegraph network, and we're gonna send out a, a message all at once, like the night howl from 101 Dalmatians. We got this. I've mixed this metaphor pretty, pretty savagely at this point. Yeah, I I've think lost the like, thread entirely. S- stabbed this metaphor so much you could spell words with the stab words. I, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Uh, please take me to page 66. Such plans came to not for the simple reason that there was an easier way involving freedom with less risk. Again, uh, the voice just tells better. us to shut the fuck up. No, yep, there you go. No, I'm, I'm not going to say it that time. He does not address my night howl 
scenario with that. I I, I still no. <laughs> no one tells me that about 101 Dalmatians. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> no, I'll hear I'll hear none of it. <laughs> the South preened itself on the absence of slave violence. Governor Walker of Florida said in his inaugural in 18. 18- 65 where in all the records of the past does history present such an instance of steadfast devotion unwavering attachment and constancy as was exhibited in the slaves of the south throughout the fearful contest that was just ended the country invaded homes desolated the master absent in the army or forced to seek safety in flight and leave the mistress of the helpless infants unprotected and with every incitement to insubordination and instigation to rapine and murder no instance of insurrection and scarcely one of voluntary desertion has been recorded yeah i couldn't figure it out i, I lost the thread halfway through that paragraph because i got caught uh, up on the fact was- that I saw Governor Walker of Florida, and then I couldn't remember if Scott Walker was the governor of Florida, and it turns out it was Wisconsin. Wisconsin and yeah. I was thinking of Rick Scott, so it's fine. Um, but yeah, we can. I'm joking. I, I was listening to the whole thing. That was just this that's, is that's where my brain is, goes. This is Jeb. It's definitely Jeb. It, oh so. God, Jeb! God, bring Jeb! I want I, all all credits to and awful for this idea, but I'm I'm bringing it back. Uh, we need Jeb Bush as joe biden's vp candidate that oh, is God the unity it. that is the unity ticket this country needs i will just let put us, a screw through my eye i will put a screwdriver I, through my eye i want the jeb yes me i need that that me i'm doing the meme i'm doing the thing of him with his arms up if you can't you can't yeah, see it but you, you don't have to it. see nathan's hands right now but you so. know you know i'm doing it i need that guy but i need in the back if you if you look at that what's going on in that back left hand that's almost off the screen oh no joe's nibbling his fingers oh god yeah. guys we can combine the memes and make a make a meme presidency come on let's go in serious book content though we just had a florida and his inaugural i guess they took so many speeches back then he just had to call it his inaugural i don't know what about my joe biden sucking jeb bush's (laughs) fingers you think isn't serious book content (laughs) sir um but you had the the uh, uh governor of florida saying oh yeah no slavery is so so integrated in the South that our slaves didn't even rise up and, and fight back when we were run off by the army. And just like, buddy, you just fucking wait for what's coming. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, for the record, if the picture for this week's episode is not Joe Biden sucking on Jeb Bush's fingers doing it's, that meme. No, I've it's done go- requests no, before. I don't, I don't, no, it's going to happen. I, I don't care if it, if it doesn't happen now. Everyone will know that it was your choice and not mine. So, guys, you were deprived that if you were deprived that and you know where to go. I'm just saying. <laughs> Can't stop me. The changes upon this theme have been rung by Southern orators many times since. The statement, of course, is not quite true. Hundreds of thousands of slaves were evidently leaving their masters' homes and plantations. They did not wreak vengeance on unprotected women. They found an easier, more effective, and more decent way to freedom. Men go wild and fight for freedom with bestial ferocity when they must. Where there is no other way, but human nature does not deliberately choose blood at least not black human nature. On the other hand, every slave that escaped to the Union Army, and there were 10 left on untouched and inaccessible plantations. Another that step is, was... Hold on. No, that's, that, is a, that, that is a very fun... Uh, oh, fun's probably the wrong word. That's a very interesting couple sentences there, and especially coming off the heels of, uh, of Russia yeah. and the Earth. I like that. One, I do enjoy the, the subtle dig of that's not human nature, or at least not black human nature. I love that. Because yeah. the constant rib is always the oh, human nature, and all human the, nature, hum, yeah. Well, but even that, even that, that black people were subhuman and violent and all the oh I yeah, mean, all of those things that 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 just little subtle tweak mm-hmm. right there was a poke at yeah, and white people are projecting a little bit 
Um, oh, I mean, colonizing look, assholes. Look, I, this that's something that still carries on today. That you know, black people are, are violent rapists, and it's it's not yeah. as frothing of the mouth, you know, worn on the tip of the tongue these days. But there's still that implication bandied around everywhere, um, oh, constantly, everywhere. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But that's so that one's fun. And then again, just the that violence isn't. You know, the thirst for blood isn't in nature. That's, you know, the, the, if you get pushed against a wall, that's when the violence comes out. And again, that's a very, that that's a theme, I think, that that mm-hmm. uh, Fanon took on and, and yeah. kind of expounded upon a lot more deeply. And we all know that from the last section. But turns out some of you just listen to these out of order. And God bless you for it, because you're better... <laughs> You're better than I do. I, I have that OCD where I have to go straight through. But if you haven't listened to Wretched of the Earth, that's a cool time. You'll, 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 when you listen to Wretched of the Earth, you'll be like, oh yeah, Du Bois talked about that. So fun, fun future <laughs> spoiler for you. Another step was logical and inevitable. The men who handled the spade for the northern armies, the men who fed them, and as spies brought them information, could also handle a gun and shoot. Without legal authority and in spite of it, suddenly the Negro became a soldier. Later, his services as a soldier were not only permitted, but were demanded to replace tired and rebellious white men of the North. But as a soldier, the Negro must be free. Yep. The North started out. Yep, <laughs> the North started out with the idea of fighting the war without touching slavery. They faced the fact, after severe fighting, that Negroes seemed a valuable asset as laborers. They therefore declared them contraband of war. Oh, was, that feels good. Yeah, that feels great to describe a, a human mm-hmm. being the same way you describe like a bunch of cocaine when you do mm-hmm. a, a legal, you know, DEA raid. Yeah, mm-hmm. feels good. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm starting, so not to draw too many parallels, and I definitely want to finish the paragraph, but I'm starting to see the North in the Civil War, other than the fact that they were already starting out fighting it. But, I mean, that was to hold capital together. It wasn't just because they they wanted to do it, right? Uh, No, it was explicitly to hold hold capital together. Yeah. um, I'm starting to see the parallels of the North in the Civil War um, with the U.S. in World War II. And so the only two good wars the U.S. fought... I'm really seeing this opportunistic, like mm. they had to deal with, with, with freeing slaves. They had to deal with um, destroying the Nazis. Um, they had to deal with that. And then of course, as soon as it's over, there's all these moves like, you know, the, the stuff to undercut reconstruction uh, versus, you know, world war two, you had operation paperclip. You had the elevation of NATO with Nazis in the high ranks. You yeah, the had fact uh, that we actively supported the Nazis for a mm-hmm. large chunk of the war until we yeah. got involved. Yeah. Um, well, and just like this, I mean, for a large chunk of the war, slavery was actively supported. You know, yeah. uh, if you think of slavery as the Nazis, it, it works out the same way. You had Nazis, you know, elevated to the West German government. So where where the DDR explicitly outlawed Nazism, uh, West Germany had high ranking Nazi officials. Um, I, I, the allegory, you if tell, you look at oh, no. slavery and Nazis, they, 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 it's the same thing. You know, yeah. the timing of when the U.S. joined the war is a little different, but it's the same thing. You can really tell how far along on someone's leftist journey they are. Um, one of the key triggers is when someone says DDR in context, how which is the first association your brain has? Is it uh, dance East dance Germany revolution. or is it Dance Dance Revolution? <laughs> because for me, I was very much trying to figure out why not why da- where the the dancing game came in in the middle of that, and it took me a hot second. It took me. A, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. It took me longer than I'm proud of. But uh, so again, just fun <laughs> tricks to see where, how, whether if you, hey, you, y'all want to do purity test on Twitter? That's a purity test I can get behind. Which DDR do you think of? Where's that? <laughs> it's like the if you're a hockey fan, which Hanson Brothers do you think of? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, all right, yeah, I can buy that. 
Um, it was but a step from that to attract and induce Negro labor to help the Northern armies. Slaves were urged and wait. Sl- oh, I skipped a line. That's it was like slaves oh, were urged. And that, spies. Will, that will do it. <laughs> slaves were urged, invited into the Northern armies. They became military laborers and spies, not simply military laborers, but laborers on the plantations where the crops went to help the federal army or were sold north. Thus, wherever the northern armies appeared, the Negro laborers came, and the north found itself actually freeing slaves before it had the slightest intention of doing so, indeed, when it had every intention not to. The experience of the army with its uh, refugees and the rise of the departments of Negro affairs were a most interesting but unfortunately little studied phase of Reconstruction, yet contain in a sense the key to the understanding of the whole situation. At first, the rush of the Negroes from the plantations came as a surprise and was variously interpreted. The easy thing to say was that the Negroes were tired of work and wanted to live at the expense of the government. <laughs> wonder, wonder where that dog whistle wow, came from. Wow. Wow. Uh, speaking of Nancy Pelosi <laughs> yeah. doing uh, doing the Lord's work out there today, making diligently making sure that nobody that's actually getting the unemployment checks is also oh. getting the refund. Oh. They're make, really making sure that you're not double Thanks. dipping on this uber Thanks. lucrative government Thanks. handout that's uh, back to a la- few minutes ago too when when we talked about like you got to think about who's talking about nancy pelosi how but yeah, yeah no no everyone hates her. nancy pelosi everyone yeah, hates nancy her. pelosi period across the um, board she's a despicable human being yeah. also the week before that uh let's not get it lost that she was uh, effectively lobbying that uh k street lobbying firms should get access to the small mm. business uh loan bailout mm. because of course nice. Yes. Nice. Yes, 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 yes. These are yes. what your these are what your ostensible just, just democratic leaders are doing in yeah. the midst of uh the what, what we yeah. were now what thirty government, million unemployment. Government of the people's left wing party real just there. Yeah. Good mm-hmm. opposition party. <laughs> uh Wanted to travel and see things and places, but in contradiction to this was the extent of the movement and the terrible suffering of the refugees. If they were seeking peace and quiet, they were much better off on the plantations than trailing in the footsteps of the army or squatting uh, miserably in the camps. They were mistreated by the soldiers, ridiculed, driven away, and yet they came. They increased with every campaign, and as a final gesture, they marched with Sherman from Atlanta to the sea and met the refugees and abandoned human property on the sea islands in the Carolina coast. Uh, For people who aren't familiar, the coast of Carolina is like just shit tons of islands. Oh, yeah. Outer Banks. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good time. Um, Uh, This was not merely the desire to stop work. It was a strike on a wide basis against the conditions of work. It was a general strike that involved directly (laughs) in the end, perhaps a half million people. They wanted to stop the economy of the plantation system. And to do that, they left the plantations. At first, the com- commanders were disposed to drive them away or to give them quasi-freedom and let them do as they pleased with the nothing that they possessed. They did not work. This did not work. That is a very different, that's a very different <laughs> way for that lot. sentence to go. Yeah, it's almost <laughs> like, how could you change two letters and completely invert this sentence? This did not work. Then the commanders organized relief and afterward work. This came to the attention of the country first in Pierce's 10,000 clients. Pierce of Boston had worked with the refugees in Virginia under Butler, provided them with food and a place to live, and given them jobs and land to cultivate. He was successful. He came from there, and in conjunction with the Treasury Department, began to work the, began the work on a vaster scale at Port Royal. 
Here he found the key to the situation. The Negroes were willing to work and did work, but they wanted land to work and they wanted to see and own the results of their toil. Amazing. <laughs> Not wanting to be alienated from your labor. Wow. Wow. Bizarre wow. concepts, guys. Amazing. Really? This is wild. Mm. It it's was almost, here. Oh. It's almost like if you want to be a socialist in the United States, you should listen to the desires of black liberation. It's just uh-huh. the desires of all the people that you say you're going to be representing. Yes. yes. Just get all of them. <laughs> it's easy. Just go talk to them. Yeah. It's cool. Don't yell at them on the internet. That's not fun. No. Talk to them. No, there's, there's this thing on uh, what's, what's the saying? You got, uh, you got one mouth and two ears. Yeah. 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 So you talk, yeah, you listen twice as much as you talk. That's, mm-hmm. that's the thing that's been said to me on occasion. Yeah. Which surprises nobody who listens to this podcast. <laughs> It was here and in the West and the South that a new vista opened. Here was a chance to establish an agrarian democracy in the South. Jefferson just fist pumping in his grave. Peasant holders of small properties eager to work and raise crops, amenable to suggestion and general direction. All they needed was honesty and treatment and education. Guys, this sounds fairly awesome. I'm I'm not going to (laughs) lie. So far, the last couple things I've read, I'm just starting to go like, uh oh, should I should I like this or not like this? Because this sounds pretty sweet. Um, where's the turn? <laughs> Wherever these conditions were fulfilled, the results was little less than phenomenal. This was testified to by Pierce in the Carolinas, by Butler's agents in North Carolina, by the experiment of the Sea Islands, by Grant's Department of Negro Affairs under Eaton, and by Banks' direction of Negro labor in Louisiana. It was astonishing how this army of striking labor furnished in time 200,000 federal soldiers whose evident ability to fight decided the war. General Butler went from Virginia to New Orleans to take charge of the city newly captured in April 1862. Here was a whole city half filled with blacks and mulattoes, some of them wealthy free Negroes and soldiers who came over from the Confederate side and joined the Federals. Perhaps the greatest and most systematic organizing of fugitives took place in New Orleans. At first, Butler had issued orders that no slaves would be received in New Orleans. Many planters were unable to make slaves work or to support them and sent them back of the federal lines, planning to reclaim them after the war was won. Butler emancipated these slaves in spite of the fact that he knew this was against Lincoln's policy. As the flood kept coming, he seized abandoned sugar plantations and began to work them with Negro labor for the benefit of the government. Almost there. Yeah, benefit of I, the. You were so close there. Yeah, and then go- almost could have bridged it, and you missed. Ah, uh, uh, but I'm loving. I'm loving again how uh, brilliant Lincoln has has proven to be all oh, time and time again. Oh just, yeah, the just the super all bestest. The, all the good things that have happened have been just yeah. directly ignoring things he has said and yeah, just doing exactly. doing the other stuff. <laughs> Do the opposite it's of like, what Linko says. It's, it's like it's an entire war. Of going Stalin in Stalingrad, which is the reason why he got the name ignoring Trotsky, except in every instance, it's him realize these guys are realizing people are, are human that Lincoln doesn't want to realize. So it's just even even more it's our, obli- our obligatory <laughs> 1917 reference, guys. You're not getting any more of this episode. Don't, don't hold your breath. By permission of the War Department and under the authority of the Confederate confiscation act butler organized colonies of fugitives and regulated employment his brother colonel butler <laughs> i just 
the Butler Boys <laughs> and others were, <laughs> worked plantations hiring the Negro labor. The Negroes stood at Butler's right hand during the trying time of his administration, and particularly the well-to-do free Negro group were his strongest allies. He was entertained, not simply of he was entertained. That was oh, that was a weird mix of sentences. He was entertained at their tables and brought down on himself the wrath and contempt, not simply of the South, but even of the North. He received the Black Regiment and kept their black officers who never forgot him. Whatever else he might have been before the war or proved to be afterwards, the colored people of Louisiana, under the proper sense of the good you have done to the African race in the United States, beg leave to express to you their gratitude. All right, another guy in the running for one of the very few okay white people. Yeah, I'm putting him I'm putting I'm him in contention. I'm not going to I'm not going <laughs> to elevate him yet, but he can go into the bracket when we eventually have our Marx Madness <laughs> our Marx Madness bracket of are they okay white people? And uh, it's it going to be a lot. Butler in 64. The, I feel like Butler in the Marx Madness Brad Kiss it's a little too on the nose. <laughs> oh oh i see what you did there oh i didn't even notice that one look at you yeah. it's been so long since any sports have been around i've just forgotten all the references as i sit here wearing a hockey hoodie you know, that's I, right i'm just i'm losing touch um from 1862 no Back off. From 1862 to 1865, (laughs) many different systems of caring for the escaped slaves and their families in this area were tried. Butler and his successor, Banks, each sought to provide for the thousands of destitute freedmen with medicine, rations, and clothing. When General Banks took command, there was suffering, disease, and death among the 150,000 Negroes. On January 30th, 1863, he issued a general order making labor on public works and elsewhere compulsory for Negroes who had no means of support. Now you can go. <laughs> Just as soon, however, as Banks tried to drive the freedmen back to the plantations and have them work under a half-military slave regime, the plan failed. It failed not because the Negroes did not want to work, but because they were striking against the particular conditions of work. When, because of wide protest, he began to look into the matter, he saw a clear way. He selected Negroes to go out and look into the conditions and report on what was needed, and they made a faithful survey. He set up a little state with its Department of Education and its landholding and organized work, and after exper- after ugh, and after experiment, it ran itself. More and more here and up in the Mississippi Valley, under the other commanders and agents, experiments extended and were successful. We're Further moving on Miss- to page 69. We're, yes, Just so you guys. all know what page for everyone reading along at home. Turn to page 69. Continue, David. Okay. Uh, Further up the Mississippi, a different system was begun under General Grant. Grant's army in the West occupied Grand Junction, Mississippi by November 1862. The usual irregular host of slaves then swarmed in from the surrounding country. They begged for protection against recapture, and they, of course, needed food, clothing, and shelter. They could not now be re-enslaved through the army aid, yet no provision had been made by anybody for their sustenance. A few were employed as teamsters, servants, cooks, and scouts, yet it seemed as though the vast majority must be left to freeze and starve. For when the storms came with the winter months, the weather was of great severity. Grant determined that Negroes should perform many of the camp duties ordinarily done by the soldiers, that they should serve as fatigue men in the departments of the Surgeon General, Quartermaster, and and Commissary, and that they should help in building roads and earthworks. The women worked in the camp kitchens and as nurses in the hospitals. Grant said it was at this point where the first idea of the Freedmen's Bureau took its origin. Grant selected as head of his Department of Negro Affairs, John Eaton, chaplain of the 26 Ohio voters, who was soon promoted to the colonelcy 
I guess that's when you're promoted to colonel, colonelcy of a colored regiment, and later for many years was commissioner of the United States Bureau of Education. He was then constituted chief of Negro Affairs for the entire district under Grant's jurisdiction. One minor uh, correction in that paragraph, mm-hmm. and I don't, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to reverse engineer how, you took the 27th Ohio Volunteers and turned them into the 26th Ohio Voters. <laughs> And that's not I'm that's sorry. not even the same number. Like they're different numbers. How did that even happen? Like I like I get my brain does not translate in real time very well. Like I, I get it, but like hold it, that was just a unique one. That was a fun one. And when they're fun, when they're fun, we leave them in. But that was all right. Yeah, twenty seventh Ohio volunteers for anyone looking up. Where are the yes. twenty six Ohio voters that are going to make this decision for me? Although, all right, I, so we're we're after constituted chief Negro fans. Yes. I, quote, I hope I may never be called on again to witness the horrible scenes I saw in those first days of the history of the freedmen in the Mississippi Valley. Assistance were hard to get, especially kind that would do any good in our camps. A detailed soldier in each camp of a thousand people was the best that could be done. His duties were so onerous that he had ended by doing nothing. In reviewing the con- condition of the people at that time, I am not surprised at the marvelous stories told by visitors who caught an occasional glimpse of the misery and wretchedness in these camps. Our efforts to do anything for these people, as they herded together in the masses, when founded on any expectation that they would help themselves, often failed. They had become so completely broken down in spirit through suffering that it was almost impossible to arouse them. Continuing, quote, their condition was appalling. There were men, women, and children in every stage of disease and decrepitude, often nearly naked, with the flesh torn by the terrible experiences of their escapes. Sometimes they were intelligent and eager to help themselves. Often they were bewildered or stupid or possessed by the wildest notions of what liberty might mean, expecting to exchange labor and obedience to the will of another for idleness and freedom from restraint. Such ignorance and perverted notions produced a veritable moral chaos, cringing deceit, theft, licentiousness, all the vices which slavery inevitably fosters were hideous companions of nakedness, famine, and disease. A few had profited by the misfortunes of the master and were jubilant in their unwanted ease and luxury, but these stood in the lurid contrast to the grimmer aspects of the tragedy, the women in in travail, the helplessness of the children and of old age, the horrors of sickness and of frequent death. Small wonder that men pause in bewilderment and panic foreseeing the demoralization and affection of the Union soldiers and the downfall of the Union cause. And that is as good a place to stop as any, because uh, <laughs> we're going to keep this going. And there's a kind of a nice summation, new new little interesting paragraph coming up in the, the next section. Yeah. Uh, but we will get there. We will get there as we always do next week. Um, mm-hmm. Because, again, until the end of linear time, we're just going to keep releasing these every Wednesday. <laughs> and, uh, and and you can't stop us. Nothing can yeah. stop us. We're an unstoppable force. Um <laughs> That being said, if you would like to uh, reach out, either because we have screwed something up and you would like to correct us, or more if you just have a cool case, fact about a thing we didn't know how to spell. In case you call the 26 Ohio voters or something yeah, like that. Yeah, in case you, you want to know about the 26 Ohio <laughs> voters and what they're about. Honestly, I could we could let it slide because, I, I mean, there are probably 26 voters in Ohio that do make like all the decisions. So that, that just makes sense. That, that's fair. Yeah. That's yeah, a fair that's not what that's we're going for. That's fair. Yeah. yeah especially I'm, this time but that we're reading about. But even now. Oh, even you know, now. Even yeah. now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can email us uh, because we're, we have one of those, and you can talk to us in there. We respond uh, to those to those as as quickly as we can. It is is probably our most infrequent 
method of communication, but uh, but it, it works and we're here for it. Uh, that is marksmadnesspod at gmail.com. Uh, the uh, more direct, uh, fun, you know, but with memes way to contact us is if you go to at Mark's Madness Pod on Twitter, where if there is a just and loving God, uh, right above the, when you're when you're clicking on this episode on Twitter, you're gonna see a picture of Jeb Bush holding his hands out, and then you're gonna see a picture of Joe Biden sucking oh, on those God. fingers, just nibbling away. Um, and if there's not, you can blame David for it because I, that's, that's just how this works. So so that's where you can go for the Twitter stuff. Uh, DMs are open. You can you can come in there anytime you like. Um, and then last but not least, the dumb and awful Discord is where the real time fun and exciting sausage making of socialism happens. I'm joking, but that's. <laughs> It's it's where we're it's where there's people talking twenty four seven and it's also yep. you don't have to worry about uh random bad faith Nazis just hanging out and being dickholes mm-hmm. like we kick all them out. Um it's it's just good. It's just a good time with chill people and then we play Final Fantasy fourteen, that's fun. Um then we'll event- uh, occasionally watch uh videos and movies and then play games. It's a good time, it's just a good time with good people. Uh and uh-huh. you can also DM us on Discord there, we're easy to find, but that's the easiest place to to start and find mm-hmm. us. Yesterday we spent four hours uh arguing about the role that uh certain podcasts play in leftism and 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 why that went on for four hours, I can't tell you. Uh, but it but it happened, and you can kind of watch that. I was not a part of this, and I no, I'm of course happy. you weren't, because I value your because I value your time on this mortal <laughs> coil that I didn't ping you in and make you get involved. I took that bullet because it's the one thing I can do. Uh, but that is again that is the link to that is in our Twitter bio, or if you want to email us and ask for it, I will send it to you that way too. Whatever whatever you want. <laughs> that being said, this has been Mark's Madness. Uh, mm-hmm. My name is Nathan. My name is David. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.